What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. I think a lot of my listeners know that I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and while most of you think of casinos and strip clubs when you hear those words, I grew up in the desert, in countries settled by Mormons, the mob, and cowboys. I grew up going to rodeos, riding horses, and traveling between there and the horse country in Utah. Since I was a kid, I have loved cowboys and cowgirls, but at that time, I never, and I do mean ever, saw cowboys or cowgirls that looked like me. I remember the first time I did. It was here in Oakland, California, at a parade moving down Adeline Street in West Oakland. I couldn't move. I was, I was stunned. I had my toddler daughter with me, and I kept trying to make her wandering eyes focus on the black men and women astride those beautiful horses as they rode down the street to West Oakland. So when my producer, Jesse Strauss, said there was a book out about black cowboys, there was no hesitation in my asking him to get this interview on the books. It's a bit of digression from our usual topics, but political nonetheless. We're going to talk about black cowboying today, and I can't wait to dig into this conversation with our guests. First uh, up, Gabriella Haspen, a portrait photographer whose work celebrates the complexities of identity and the human spirit. Growing up in El Salvador during a devastating civil war, Haspen has developed a fundamental belief in the radical power of storytelling. This conviction has inspired her to work with a broad range of subjects, including black cowboys, fat activists, queer skateboarders, and the people of the Mission District of San Francisco. Her book is The New Black West, Photographs from America's Only Touring Black Radio. How you doing, Gabriella? Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And Prince Damons, who aside from being a seasoned veteran recording artist, producer, and songwriter, is also revered as one of Los Angeles's most skilled horsemen. Hailing from Mississippi, Prince has been riding and training horses since the age of seven. As one of the team leads for the growing equestrian conglomerate, The Horse Whispers, he masterfully divides his schedule between live performances, creative time recording in the studio, and at his ranch, saddling up one of his beautiful horses. He's affectionately known by many as the Mississippi Cowboy. How you doing, Prince? Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Prince, I'm going to start with you. You were seven when you started riding. Yes, talk about your introduction to horses. Yeah, growing up in Mississippi, it wasn't a whole lot to do. <laughs> and uh, riding horses was one of the things. And uh, my uncle had a horse, so I would jump on his horse. And um, as often as possible, fell in love with it. And just, you know, as I got older, just continued to do it more and more on my own. And then when I moved out to California, the Bay Area, you know, really got involved with other brotherhood of, uh, of black cowboys and just, just cowboys in general, really. It was just something that I continued to do, continued to have a passion for. And um, just was a great thing to see other brothers doing uh, something similar. When I guess in Mississippi, though, it's not that odd to see black folks astride horses as opposed to here. Like, what's the difference in horse culture and black folks uh, between the South and, and out here in the West? Um, you know, actually, uh, back South, there's, there's a lot of black cowboys. Uh, in the South, they tend not to consider themselves cowboys, just more just horsemen that just like to ride horses. Um, and a lot of the people back South will ride a, a different breed of horse, uh, what we call like racking horses. In the West, uh, a lot of people ride a, a breed called the quarter horse. They do a lot of roping and rodeo, rodeos and things like that. So it was just more the, the style of riding more so than the culture was, was, was the same as far as, you know, being behind the scenes, you know, on the trails and the camaraderie of uh, fish fries, barbecues, and all the things that 
that the Cowboys like to do when they get together. So um, it, it was similar in that way, just different with, the, I guess, the technicalities of the type of horse. And, and you, Prince, you consider yourself a cowboy or a horseman or both? Uh, you know, I mean, people have called me cowboy so much till I, I embrace that. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just a guy that I love. I love horses. I love the just what that what that brings ab- about with just, uh, you know, us coming together and just uh, the freeness of it. Uh, I'm, you know, I, it's been a long time since I was out uh <laughs> Uh, with, with cows and, and on farms and things like that. I mean, I've done that type of thing. And to me, that's what a, a cowboy cowboy is. But I guess in the, in the modern, mm-hmm. in the way that we use the word cowboy now, I, I embrace it and I accept it, especially when the kids come up and say, wow, look, it's a black cowboy. I just, I smile and I accept that. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'll let, I'll let maybe Gabby can, can kind of tell you. <laughs> if she considers me a cowboy or not. <laughs> we'll get to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to Gabrielle in just a second. But um, a segue or uh, an add-on to that question it actually is around definitions. Because to, to that point, right, when folks hear the word cowboy, most, fig- most folks think of a person um, as opposed to additionally it being a lifestyle and a craft. Can you talk a little bit more about what cowboying means? Yeah, I mean, when you're in fields of, you know, cows, you're having to, round up the cows just for, you know, I mean, what, you know, they're used for different things, whether it's, you know, you have your milk cows, you have your, you know, cows for beef and all those types of things. So it's like really a lifestyle where people, um, it's not just for pleasure. It's just really <laughs> a thing, a job where you need the cowboys to, to do, to do that type of thing. Whereas now cowboys just really kind of considered someone that rides horses, it's the trails and it's, um, it's, it's kind of just, taking on a new definition, I would say. I don't know if that answers your question or not. It it does. It does. Thank you, Gabriella. I want to turn to you. How did you discover the world of black cowboys and what drew you to photograph them? Yeah, back in 2007, my neighbor, who's from the South, Arkansas, my neighbor, um, her name was Zaina Wood. She passed away this year, sadly. But she was like, Gabriella, grab your camera. We're going to the rodeo. We're going to go find some fried catfish. Because she was a complete foodie. And she's like, we have to find the most authentic. So we went there for the food and I stayed for the cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason to stay. Um, the image uh, of the cowboy, uh, as I was talking about it, even, you know, in my growing up in Nevada and Utah, um, the image is usually, you know, normalized as white men. Uh, when in truth, there were thousands of black cowboys uh, who were involved in the air quotes settling. I, I really need a better word, but settling of the so-called American West. What do we know about the history of black cowboys in this country? Yeah, not a lot. I mean, we're just running off of uh, the very basic information we can try and collect on the Internet at this point. Or William Lawrence Katz was a famous historian who who was obsessed with music, I believe, and he wrote a couple books about um, some of the cowboys and black history. But there's not a lot out there. And, you know, the more we learn, the more we realize that, you know, black cowboys were instrumental in the founding of the West. And they discovered some of, you know, the most important trails to California. Um, Beckworth Trail, Jim Beckworth was like instrumental and, you know, he was like an incredible cowboy. Anyway, there's so much history out there and it's all about bringing it up to the surface and, you know, sharing it with their community because it's been buried, you know, for decades. 
Yeah, that was one of the things actually that I really appreciated about the film Concrete Cowboy um, was that it did feature folks like Bass Reeves and Stagecoach Mary, you know, names that a lot of folks don't know about. Mm -hmm. Prince, what do you think Black folks lose as a people by being divorced from this history? I mean, just that culture. I mean, so many, you know, so many people don't know much about the history. They don't know that, like, in my world, it's a common thing. We ride horses. That's, I mean, we do that. Uh, but so many people, especially when they come to the rodeos, they, it's like their first time and they're in awe and their mouth is literally wide open at like, wow, there's all these black cowboys here. How did I not know about this? How did I not know about the culture? How did I not know that this is like, you know, that uh, black cowboys have been, uh, have been training horses, I mean, since it was ever a thing to do. Um, I think, you know, uh, it's, it's like so many things. That history isn't really told, which is, is really great when there's, when there's books like the Black West that, that showcase this type of thing. Gabrielle, I'm going to throw that question to you, but just with a broader net, right? Mm -hmm. what, I mean, given your, your background, your history, um, and the way in which our, our, our history is, as peoples of color in various forms and fashions is a race, what does that cost us as we try to forge liberatory paths moving forward? I don't know. I think for me, it's a, an emotional cost. Like it's intellectually, it's bigger than just what we're seeing. I think, you know, if you're robbed of your, it's your truth, right? It's like, I feel like if a community is robbed of their truth um, in some way or another, I feel like they're missing a part of who they are and where they come from. That's a, it's a very good question, Kat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'll, get, I'll, hear, I'll throw this out there, and then and either of you can mm -hmm. can respond to it if you so choose. I think for myself as an organizer, right, and mm -hmm. and think about mobilizing folks and mobilizing folks who spend day in and day out surviving the traumas of poverty, right, and using yeah. up every single list ounce of energy we have um, just to survive, to get up in the morning, to go to work. Um, and doing that inside of a vacuum of being told that the the only pieces of our history that matter are the pieces that white supremacy has touched, i.e. being slaves or um, uh, settler history, let's say, in Palestine, or mm -hmm. um, that, that that then creates an additional barrier, right? If, if, we, if we cannot yeah. celebrate ourselves, then it gets very difficult to fight for ourselves. You know, that's where it always circles back to the truth for me, because it's like, if your truth has been taken away from you, right? How are you supposed to be an informed citizen or an informed human to like feel strong, You to either feel the strength and the courage to, you know, fight the next battle, to feel that you're worthy of, you know, continuing on. And it's always, you know, a battle. Our life is a constant um, fight. So it's important to know your history and where you come from. The only thing I was going to add, and, and it, she talks, uh, talks about it a little bit in, in her book about like... Um, Oftentimes when I'm on the trails, just the looks that I get, you know, the things that people say, the conversations that, that it opens up, it's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. And it's like, um, some people would say that's kind of a heavy load to have on your shoulders to be representing all black cowboys because you may be the only black cowboy that they ever get to see. But um, mm. just what it does for people, not even just the little black children, but just, just everybody in general. I mean, if you've never seen it, then it's, it's hard to imagine it. So um, I'm, I'm really 
happy and, and proud to to do that when I see people I always take take the time to stop let them take photos and I talk to them a little bit just a little bit about the history of the black cowboy and just um, you know just my take on it and about the modern the modern black cowboy so um, yeah, I, yeah representation is such a uh, such a needed thing Prince, you, you mentioned earlier um, that, you know, you, you don't just, you know, rock with, with black cowboys, but you said cowboys in general. And I'm, I'm wondering about the race dynamics that, that play out there, if, if, if at all. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, listen, cowboys, you know, and I'm, I, you had mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm also involved in the, in the music business. It's similar to music. Like, we don't really care about color, any of that. If you can play, you can play, and you're my brother, and we're, we're going to jam. Same thing with, with horses. Uh, we don't really get caught up in, in color, even though we know that, um, you know, there's, there's not much representation in the media of the black cowboy, even though there's a, there's a history there that hasn't really been spoken about a lot. But, yeah, I mean... W- we don't really get caught up in that too much. You know, when, when there's organizations like, you know, I was affiliated with the Oakland Black Cowboy Association. Actually, I still affiliate with them. I, my schedule gets a little busy. I don't get to do as much. But I would say that those organizations usually exist because we weren't so welcome in the organizations that were just called cowboys. So we had to have, right. you know, our Oakland Black Cowboys or we had to have Black this or Black that. So it's like, you know, when you have like your black award shows and things like that. It's like when you're not really being represented or accepted in other organizations, you form your own organization. And then the years go by and people kind of forget the reason why you even had to have an Oakland black, black cowboy association. But, um, as far as the, um, as far as just the brotherhood, we, we accept everybody, we love everybody. Everybody's welcome to come and talk to the parades and come to the rodeos. It's, it's really just a good time of fellowship, but we, um, we definitely, uh, speak on, on, on the lack of representation of the black cowboy. Yeah. I wasn't worried about the race dynamics on our end. I was more interested in you as a black cowboy encountering white cowboys, um, and, and that culture and that world, uh, which, you know, very much comes out of, uh, the, the history of brutal colonization of indigenous folks, um, which is sort of a segue to my next question. How do we, how do you, and, uh, if you've spent time thinking about this, reconcile, um, sitting with the violence of colonization that dominated the social fabric of that time, while at the same time celebrating the role of the black cowboy? I, I mean, I think we, we, we do, we do similar to what Gabrielle is doing, you know, bring awareness to, uh, the black cowboy, the history, there's some, you know, just appreciation of it, recognize it. Um, I don't think, at least for me, not looking to go back and just, uh, hold on to, to what's been done, but more so what's, what, what we're doing now in the future, moving, moving ahead. Gabriella. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, you know, the past is a place where we can't go back to or change. Um, so for me, it's all about what we can do in the present, what we can do to move forward. And, you know, you know, make for me as a photographer, there's really no purpose to be a photographer unless I'm, you know, helping to raise awareness of any any community or any issues happening. There's just too many of us out there right now. And if we don't have a voice, there's no purpose in our work. 
Um, so for me, like the more I went to the rodeo, the more I realized how important my work had become in documenting the cowboys and how unique this community was and how I needed to really kind of put it in a volume to show its importance. You know, like I um, never expected this book to ever happen. And after, you know, going to the rodeo for so many years, I realized how important this was because you don't see any other community coming out to celebrate Black history, Black heritage, Black pride, Black joy. I mean, for 35 years or more that they've been doing this, um, I think the Bill Pickett has done an amazing job at constantly trying to educate little kids and make them excited about writing and, you know, learning about the history of cowboys. They've done an exceptional job because this place is the most welcoming, family-oriented um, venue I have ever been to. And I guarantee you that's probably the only reason why I kept going back for so many years. Because every time every time I'd come back, it'd just be more hugs, more welcomes, more, yes, take my picture. It was It's such a yes community. And there's so many cowboys who tell me, you know, my rodeo team is my family. We, we come back not just for riding, we come back because of the community, you know, and even, um, you know, attendees who like just come to see the event happen, they end up meeting a cowboy and then they end up, you know, becoming friends with them and, or a cowgirl, um, uh, Lady D, whose uh, beautiful fingernails are on one of the mm. horses at the beginning of the buck, she came from Seattle. Uh, from Washington State to see the rodeo a couple years ago. And then she met Pam. And then Pam and her have become friends. And now, like, she makes it out here every single year. She comes to the rideouts. You know, she's met this amazing community. And they have welcomed her. And and that is truly what, um, for me, like, reconciling, you know, this horrible history is all about. It's just because they've made something so magical with this you know, energy and love and for their horses. You're listening to Lawn Disorder. I'm your host, Kat Brooks. We're talking about Black Cowboys today with Gabriella Haspin, who's a new book called The New Black West and Prince Damon's A Black Cowboy, hailing from Mississippi, now living in Los Angeles. Gabriella, let's let's talk about uh, the world's only touring Black Rodeo, the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo. Who's Bill Pickett? Bill Pickett um, was a cowboy who invented bulldogging, and he became famous for biting the the cow's like blip, literally, right? Um, he just like would do it himself. He would see how the dogs would do it, and I think he copied it. And then he was the first person to do it. So Bill Pickett would tour with the One Hundred One Ranch Wild West show, and um, back in the day, they wouldn't let the black cowboys perform during the show. They would have to wait till the rodeo was done. And later on, when the show was done and people would leave, the Black Cowboys were allowed to participate in the rodeo and have their own rodeo. But it was very different back then. This is, to, to, to your point and to Prentice's point, this is a close-knit community. What was the process like for you to build up the trust for some of these like super intimate photographs? Like, I mean, the subjects are just so vulnerable. Um it's quite quite lovely. Yeah, I think for me it was just really showing up and returning and sharing images and just 
showing up, literally showing up, just being consistent and, you know, them getting bored of seeing me all the time, just like a regular. <laughs> you tell, I'm a nails, I'm a nails woman. And so that, that is one of my favorite pictures is. Oh, of Lady um, D. Yeah. Her hands in, in the horse's mane. And then also this is awesome picture of um, the guy standing on the saddles of the horses. That is quite lovely. And Prince, you too are in here, you and your horse and you riding on your ranch. Um, what's your favorite in this book, Prince? You know, Gabrielle just has a way of capturing, like, it's like, you know she's there, but you don't really feel like a she's capturing all these moments. She just, she just kind of makes you feel relaxed to just do what you do on just on a normal day. And um, she'll capture, like, there's, there's a photo with, with my hand on my horse's just kind of, I'm kind of hugging on my horse and there's a braid in his hair. It's just, it's just, yeah. uh, it just captures a um, typical day. There's, he's not all polished. He's just, he's what he looks like on a normal day. My hand is there on him, kind of the way we, we bond. And she captured that, that, um, that shot. That's one of my favorites. Um, you know, she doesn't do the, she doesn't go for the typical type of just <laughs> shot. She, she really captures a moment. And I really enjoy that. Uh, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of favorites there. There's even a picture of a, uh, an older cowboy he's in his age in his 80s uh he goes by the name of mr this and um i really love the picture she called of him as well you know it's a lot of wisdom in him if you sit down and talk to him and he shares a lot of stories with me and the other cowboys and she managed to just capture that just just the facial expression how he's looking into the camera and just like uh it's it's a million words just within that shot yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, you just can't help but the smile as you're you're flipping through this book. I mean, really, really beautiful. I maybe I should have started with this um, because I'm just dawning on me that probably a lot of the majority of folks that are listening have never been to a rodeo, let alone a black rodeo. Prince, paint a picture for folks. What's it like? What happens? What goes on? <laughs> the black rodeo is. It's almost like a family reunion with the, at least with the Cowboys it is because a lot of us, you know, at different, we're at different ranches all over, all over, you know, you may not see us, but we're in the trails and cars are going by on the freeway. If you look over towards the woods, we're back there, but we all come together for this rodeo. So it's, it's really a good time for us. And it's also time we can invite friends, family, and even just strangers people that we we don't know you know during that time we'll we'll hand out flyers as well or we'll post uh post about the black rodeo for people to come and experience that but it's a time when when everybody you know people come into the rodeo smiling and they walk away smiling and just taking photos and have memories that they'll never forget it's like your your first rodeo is it's it's one of those things that you'll always talk about uh you know there's good food there's good music it's just good times it's a family uh friendly environment and um it's 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 really something i would uh tell everybody they need to do at least once and if you do it once chances are you're going to want to start to do it every year mm -hmm. gabrielle anything you want to add to helping paint a picture for folks about what this experience is like yeah i mean it's just full of good people and good energy and so much pride i feel like everyone wears you know, their Sunday best. Um, and this year was, you know, 
the rodeo in Oakland hadn't happened in three years since 2019. So I feel like everyone showed up and showed out like the cowboys say, right? They were wearing, I did, I was photographing for Vogue. Um, so they were, and it was like the, the perfect place to photograph for them because they were wearing their, their best cowboy fashion. It was so impressive. And (laughs) I, I got to like photograph so many people wearing amazing things and they were all talking about how they've been coming to the rodeo for decades with their family and um, how they were so sad that it hadn't happened in three years. And it's just really such a lovely community and, and just such good energy, the energy. I can't tell you how great it is um, to be around and it's just infectious. It's infectious and you just want to see more of it and, you know, do it both days, come back. You just wish it happened more. Yeah. I could add, like, just watching black cowboys running, like, doing the relay, doing those barrel races. I mean, you'll see Uh seven, eight-year-old kids running around those barrels full gallop on a horse. People are just like, wow, are you kidding me? That seven-year-old can run around those barrels like that? Surely I can go somewhere and just walk, you know, have a little stroll on a horse. So a lot of people, it makes them want to either own a horse or either go somewhere and try it for the first time. So, um, you know, this year I did relay race and that's just, you know, it's four, four of us. It's just kind of like track and field, you know, you're passing off a baton, but, um, just running around as fast as you can and passing the, passing the baton off to the next person and just the energy that's in the room and everybody's on their feet. Just, it's, it's, it's a magical thing. Oh, can I, can I add to that? This year, there were two four-year-olds doing barrel racing. There's this one young woman who I photographed, um, her name is Skylar and she she was four year old. Um and she came to the rodeo in twenty nineteen. Um and she saw the rodeo for the first time. She was only eighteen months. And she said, I want to do that. And so since twenty nineteen in July, she has been training, you know, to ride at the age of eighteen months. And now at the age of four, the next time we've had the rodeo, she participated in barrel racing. And um she was so tiny, she was strapped to um they had like a velcro her legs were velcro strapped to the saddle um it was just amazing to witness and um just like you know it's that kind of passion that these kids have um and that kind of like i want it you know you know drive it's just so impressive I love that. And that's actually like a segue into my next question. You know, Oakland, like many urban communities across the country, is dealing with an uptick in homicides as people become more housing, food and job insecure. And wondering your thoughts, uh, Prince, we'll start with you about the black cowboy world being able to play in addressing some of this. I think horses in general, just it's, it's an escape for a lot, especially for youth. It give, it, it, it's an outlet. It gives you something to really focus on outside of the daily things that can land, especially land kids into trouble. So the, the black cowboys, I mean, we, we do a lot of different events at parks and, you know, like I said, we do the parade, we do the rodeo, we go to, we, you know, we, we go to the, um, um, Oakland, uh, the Oakland black, black joy parade. We do, we do all of those things because we want to expose, uh, we want to be available to as many kids as possible, not even just kids, just anybody that is looking for something else, something other than um, uh, the, a lot, oftentimes there's a lot of violence around people. There's all types of ways to, to, to be in trouble, to get into trouble and horses. It's, it's just an escape from that. So we're there saying, Hey, 
here's an option. Try this out. It worked for me. It kept me out of trouble. It kept me, uh, it helped me with my stress levels, you know, the, that type of thing. So that's what we try to do. We just try to, we don't try to push on anybody. We just show up and let them see for themselves. And then when they start to ask us questions, we, we welcome them into the world of, of, of us equestrians, us cowboys. My favorite story in this book is about the young woman, and I remember her being there, um, Brianna Noble, uh, bringing her, her her horse to the, it was APTP protest, but uh, in response to, to George Floyd, um, and that was quite something. And But, but what she says is, uh, my entire life I've been ignored. The only time in my life I have not been ignored is when I'm sitting on a horse. It seems like nobody can ignore a black woman on a horse. Mm. Mm. It, it did. It, she she definitely drew <laughs> drew drew some some folks' attention. Um, last question for both of you, Gabriella. I'll, I'll actually start with you. Who's your black cowboy hero? Oh wow, no one's ever asked me that. Um, I would have to say maybe Stagecoach Mary. Oh, uh, like, mm-hmm. in, are we talking no, past, like historical or, or it could be, it could be whatever you want. Oh my God, girl, this is a big question. <laughs> um, I mean, I admire Stagecoach Mary. She was yeah, like, yeah. Her, her story is so badass. She, you know, like people say she was the only one who she'd be able to deliver mail um, and like fight, you know, criminals, everything. So like her story is amazing. Um, and then currently, gosh, in modern days, I don't know. Gosh, this is this is a tough one. I I love all my cowboy friends equally. Um, I and I don't follow any real professionals, uh-huh. um, apart from the ones I meet at the rodeo. Um, I think the bull riders have my biggest respect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like they just what they do for me is insanity. Um, so I think they really have. I'll take my hat off for them any day of the week. Right on. Take my hat off. Uh, for them along with you all right prince what about you you're a black cowboy hero oh man can, can i have more than one yeah, you <laughs> one can have as many as you uncle. want brother as one many as you want uncle. go ahead <laughs> yeah one, one would be my uncle i grew up seeing him he was just so cool and didn't realize he was cool and i was just admiring him and then another is a lady she, her name is juanita and she's up in the bay area and uh, she is just so, <laughs> she is just so dope on that horse. And she has a gun and she comes out and she spins all around and there's different targets and she just doesn't miss, you know, she, uh, she's amazing with how she does that. And then my last one, if I could have a, a fictional character, I would say Django, Jamie Foxx. He really plays okay. that role. <laughs> okay. I'll rock with that. Um, man, y'all, I very rarely get to smile through entire interviews, given the topics I cover. And so this has been such a treat for me. I want to thank you both so much for coming on the show. Uh, Y'all have been listening to Law and Disorder. I'm your host, Kat Brooks. Our guests today have been portrait photographer Gabriela Haspin, whose work celebrates the complexities of identity and the human spirit. Growing up in El Salvador, during a devastating civil war, Haspin developed a fundamental belief in the radical power of storytelling. This conviction has inspired her to work with a broad range of subjects, including Black cowboys, who we've been talking about today, fat activists, queer skateboarders, and the people of the Mission District of San Francisco. We also were joined by Prince Damon 
Simons, who aside from being a seasoned veteran recording artist, producer, and songwriter, is also revered as one of Los Angeles' most skilled horsemen. Hailing from Mississippi, Prince has been riding and training horses since the age of seven. As one of the team leads for the growing equestrian conglomerate, The Horse Whispers, he masterfully divides his schedule between live performances, creative time recording the studio, and at his ranch, saddling up one of his beautiful horses. He's affectionately known by many as the Mississippi Cowboy. Gabriella, if folks want to find you on socials, where should they go? Oh, just my tag, at Gabriella Hasbun, H-A-S-B-U-N. Prince, if folks want to find you on the socials, where should they go? At Prince Damons, P-R-I-N-C-E, Damons, D-A-M-O-N-S. Thanks to both of you so much. Thanks so much, Kat. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. <laughs>